0: everybody and welcome back to another new edition of live from Pawnee i'm alan and with me as always is my co-host mark mark how are you today well hello i mean that's, hi there alan a of the little round. creepy yeah yeah it's a little not creepy sure
1: what's going on it's uh, me being creepy no i'm just testing it success out. you never know what's gonna give us more viewers <laughs> well we could try that angle this week and well, see what happens no I, I tried it before it's not gonna it's work it's not gonna, so work. Just gonna okay. cross it off the list fair enough sir so, alan of the Roundtable. i am doing good um I, uh, my lawn is not.
0: Oh, well, it's that time of year, right? It's growing rapidly, I assume.
1: No, it's not at all uh, in certain patches. Oh, yeah. The problem is, is that Harvey is, uh, <sighs> it's, you know, he's is he still mowing your lawn. He's what you call a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. And then he, the other thing he does is he ruins lawns. Oh, cause a, know that as an engineer, you know, you can <laughs> use duct tape and and oil depending on if it should move or not. Sure. That doesn't work on and lawns. toothpicks. I think that's the only other tool he has. And none of those work on the no, lawns. No. Help. The chemical you, burns you and it's bad. take
0: the little toothpicks and kind of aerate the lawn, though. That might help.
1: I don't know what that word means. But yes. Yeah, Poke holes in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've poked the hell of the holes out of it. <laughs> yep. No good. No, it, it's, it's got too many holes now.
0: Oh, well, I will do
1: it. Yeah, it's it's uh, you got to seal that up with duct tape now. We need some rain. I'm sure it'll be fine. I think. I think you're right. I think we need some rain. And there's also got chemical burns. Oh, Will water do anything for chemical burns? Not so much. Hmm. All right. Well,
0: not, not according to my scalp anyway.
1: Well, <laughs> as, as Penance Harvey's in the studio today with us, uh, helping us uh, out on a I saw him right back on.
0: backstage and I wondered what he was doing here. He's a little so.
1: petulant, but whatever. All
0: right. Well, so I assume that means Constantine has the day off because, you know, those two, like speaking of oil and water, they don't mix.
1: Yeah. Like they're like... Uh, Cats and uh, Wolverines, Wolverines that just don't put those two together, like write each other bad memos and. Hey, Mark, I got an idea. What? Let's
0: talk about this week's episode. The capital idea, good sir. (laughs) Well, speaking of this week's episode, it's The Debate, which is from season four, episode 20. Mm hmm. Now Mark, we've been complaining for a while that we haven't had any directors or uh, producers cuts is what they typically are called. Now the show sucks. I guess technically <laughs> I guess technically we don't have a producers cut today either because it's a director's cut. What? This is the Amy Polar director's cut and Amy wrote and directed this episode. Huh. So just just on that real quick, this is the first that she has directed and this is the third of fifth that she's written this a, I want to say the telethon and the
1: fight were were two that she was on Previously. before. I believe so. Right, right.
0: Yeah. And she's got a couple of, so, couple of good ones coming up before the end of the series. But yeah, she wrote and directed this episode. And uh, Mike Schur said that they basically gave her the helm and said, you know, make your director's cut. She's got a pretty good track record so far. So far, so good. And Man. we'll get into that here in a bit. Yeah. We'll see if she spoils it. Yeah, Well, hopefully not. Hmm. Yeah. What will happen? Yeah. <laughs> You're jumping ahead again, uh, no, Mark. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm jumping uh, ahead. Well, this is the penultimate, penultimate episode of the season, right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It is certainly there, is. is. Is that the pen penultimate? How, how do you say that?
1: Um, I just say it's, it's, uh, it's not yet. Third but, to last. Yeah. We got a while to go. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough.
0: No. Yeah. Third to last. There Third you go. to last. There it is. Mark, I should also mention that the runtime on this director's cut yeah. is 26 minutes. Mm. So it's pretty beefy. It is pretty beefy. Yeah, it is. And uh, the standard edition only came in at about 2111. So we get about a, almost a five minute differential here between the two. That's quite a bit. I think personally that might weigh into our evaluation today. What do you think? Oh, I know it does. All right. Well, stay tuned. We'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, Mark. Why don't we get into our episode synopsises and we'll kick this thing off, right? All right. Well, I broke this sucker down into three stories: A, B, and C.
1: And um, <clears throat> I have my A story as entitled. That would have been weird if you did A, B, and D. I was tempted, <laughs> just to kind of. Sometimes I zig when you think I'm going to zag. Yeah, fair enough. Keep and, me on my. T- and then I dag because I'm kind of the D, <laughs> but I didn't do that this time. Thank you. All right. So the title is. The irresistible force meets the dim bulb trust fund man child object.
0: (laughs) It's, It's accurate.
1: Yeah. The day of the debate is finally here. Ben gives everyone final assignments and helps Leslie continue to prepare for the debate. Before the debate starts, they discover Bobby Newport is freaking out, thinking this may be good news. The debate starts. Leslie is prepared and confident, but Newport campaign manager Jennifer Barkley is strangely calm. As the debate rolls on, three things become apparent. Number one, Bobby is spouting a combination of broad, prepared answers combined with bouts of utter nonsense. (laughs) Two, Bobby is still charming. His nonsense is largely unoffensive, and the crowd, including moderators Purt Happley and Joan Uh Colamezzo, seem to be swayed in his direction. Number three, Leslie going on the offense with attacks against Newport makes her seem like a bully, and it prompts Ben to tell her to kind of ease back a little bit. Mm. What will happen? (laughs) Can Ben come up with the right pivot strategy? Will Leslie win back support from the audience? What is Jennifer Barkley's secret weapon? Stay tuned to find out, dot, dot,
0: dot. Nice job. Yeah. So what'd you get on the, you said it's A, B, C, right? So what'd you get on your B story? (laughs) A, B, C. So the B story, (laughs) breaking up.
1: 23rd time's a charm. Huh? (laughs) Pretty good. Yeah. All right. Ben has assigned. You remember how Ben gave everyone assignments? I do. So that's the A story there. So Ben has assigned Chris, Ann, and Tom to be the Nope campaign spin team. Spin team. Spin team. Tom is upset because Ann once again broke up with him. But, you know. For reals this time. Yeah. Um, And it appears that Anne and Chris have been acting kind of close, which is further upsets him. Later in the debate spin room, Chris opens up to Anne and tells her that he wants to give their relationship another chance, which Tom witnesses further upsetting him and causing him to. Uh, undermine their uh, efforts later uh, at, at positive spin because he's a big grumpmeister, meister uh, lashing out at reporters and being all grumpy grump. <clears throat> How will this turn out? Can Chris convince Ann to get back together with him? How many times will Ann pummel Tom? Will Tom's grumpiness cause the nope spin team to fail? Stick around, podcast viewers. All will be revealed. Dot, dot, dot. Excellent job, Mark. All right. C-story. Dwyer. A one man show off off Broadway.
0: <laughs> Thank God.
1: <laughs> yeah. So remember how Ben assigned people. So that, that's happening here again. Yeah. So Ben has assigned, say he's assigned Andy and April and Ron. And I think maybe Donna or maybe Donna is just there, but he he assigns them yeah. to hold a viewing party uh, of the debate at uh, Tref Cab for Leslie's donors that have given her campaign uh, money. Everything seems to be going OK until they turn on the TV to, you know, watch the debate. Mm-hmm. And then they get a screen uh, telling them that there ain't no a cable a, a present. You got to do something. Apparently someone forgot to pay the cable bill, I guess. I don't know. So with none of them knowing what to do and wanting to keep the attention of the, the those rich uh, muckety mucks, yeah, the, the donors, donors yeah. uh, Andy apparently starts just <laughs> acting out movies he likes. <laughs> What will happen? How will the donors react to Andy's one-man show? Can Ron help them to get the cable working again? Will the donors ever see any of the debate? Hang in there, true believers. Only time will tell, dot, dot, dot.
0: Very nice job, Mark. Thank you. I actually had the same three stories. Uh, I had different titles for mine. Oh, yeah? You know, the, the A story, of course, uh, primarily about the campaign was, don't complain about it, just win it. Oh, that's yeah. pretty good. You like that one? Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. Um, the B story, you know, again, this is the spin team, right? Right. Spin team. I, I said, it's 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 either Spin City, which was a TV show that I, I thought was pretty good. It you is. Know, a little bit of an homage. Yeah. Or Spinning the Triangle of Love. Which I like a little better. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's yeah.
0: good. Yeah, we, we love love triangles, except when Tom's in them. Yeah. And then the C story, this is my favorite, also kind of TV-related. <laughs> Thurston and Lovey's fundraiser. Wow. <laughs> you get that, right? Yes, I <laughs> Thank do. Thank you. Yes, I all do. Right. Hopefully the kids at home get Skipper. it, too.
1: Skipper.
2: Yeah,
0: right. So, Gilligan. Yeah. If you haven't seen Gilligan's Island, check that out. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Three-hour tour. That's all I get to say. <laughs> Just like this podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we don't rein ourselves in. That's
0: true. Well, Mark, should uh, we get into our AKAs before we get into the episode breakdown? Should we? Yeah. Let's do
1: that. Absolutely. All right. So from, I know the rules here, man. So the three stories each gets their their own AKA. That makes one of us. So from the A story, my AKA is from that there Bobby Newport there. Because at one point, and he says very excitedly uh, in the debate, by the year 2013 we will have a fully functional mall on jupiter <laughs> not bad huh it's pretty good yeah, yeah. sauce there ace i hope he's so- right <laughs> my god <laughs> so mark you keep trying it's just not going to stick we'll see so uh, it's just un- it, the 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 audience uh, the the results are not in yet yeah okay yeah. so the second one the b story i have april us uh, and uh, she says uh She's telling uh, Tom, I think she's trying to give him some advice, and and he says, oh, nuts to you because you don't care about nothing. And she says, well, I care about Andy and Champion, and I want Leslie to win, and I like sleeping. <laughs> that's that's not a bad collection of stuff. It's pretty good. Not really. I love all those things. Those are all my favorite things. Yeah. 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 From the C story, um, it's Ron just... It's a little snippet, but he has a very rontastic, you know, speech that he makes at one point. So part of it is just simply comes down to this. He says, you gave us money. Now we will give you ribs, which I mean, OK, that's a fair like a trade. Good, it's a fair good it's a, good. it's a good transaction. It's a good deal. Yep. Yep. How about you?
0: Uh, so, Mark, for my A story, uh, I had uh, <laughs> Leslie basically in her speech functionally says, Bobby Newport has never earned anything in his entire life. It's also a meme and, yeah. and I love it. So, yeah. yeah, I'm making the t-shirt right now. My right. feelings. Yep. Uh, for the B story, uh, as Anne was describing, um, she gets off on a tangent at one point. She's been YouTubing stuff apparently, <laughs> talking about slugs having sex, I think. Yeah. Does that sound right? With yeah. each other. She said, it's weirdly beautiful. YouTube it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which could apply to so many things. Uh, and then uh, also, which could apply to so many things from the sea story, the economy, right? No.
3: <laughs>
4: oh.
1: <laughs> that's how rich people sound.
0: It is. And that's why Thurston and Lovey.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know that, that's where you got that from. All right.
0: Let's move on, Mark. Hey, yeah. uh, let's now
1: do the episode uh, breakdown. How's that sound? Uh, that sounds like a plan, man. Let's do it. All right. We got the cold open here. It comes in at uh, 76 seconds. I'm going to call that midsize, I suppose. Um, it's um, plot relevant, I would say. Uh, pretty much to all the plots, really. It does a, a good job of kind of spanning. That's right. That's right. So we're at uh, uh, the the gang has assembled at Nope Campaign Headquarters, a.k.a. Ben's house, a.k.a. April and Andy's house, a.k.a. the residents formerly known as Burley's, a.k.a. (gasps) Tref Cab Catch the Fever. So (laughs) they're there and it's the day of the debate and it's time for everyone to get final assignments. Hey, Harvey. Hey, let's let's No, I see you looking at me. Come here. What is that look he's giving you? he's, He's all grumpy and stuff. Look, I'm not mad at you about my lawn anymore, but can you start us off right and play this cold open, please? All right. Wow, the toot. I know. Which one? I told you
5: I really don't think you should wear a necktie. (laughs) All right. All right. Okay, everybody. Latest poll is Newport, forty percent. Leslie, thirty-two percent. With Ooh. everyone else way back. Now this debate is our best chance to close that gap. Chris, Anne, and Tom, you guys will be talking to reporters, providing facts, general spin.
2: Spin team. Spin team. <laughs> this is the best possible job for me. I could literally make anything sound positive. Your house just burned down, and you lost all your money in the stock market. It's a chance to start over. Fire is cleansing, and true wealth is measured by the amount of love in your life. Wow. If I had to have a any- Anybody tell me that I had cancer? I would want it to be me.
5: Ron, April, and Andy, you'll be throwing a party for our biggest donors. Are they big? Big or like,
6: rich people that gave money to the campaign.
7: I hope they don't expect us to have like an elevator or like <laughs> car moles. I don't know what rich people I was preparing for big people. Yeah. I- is
6: the menu all set?
7: Yes, I will be providing hmm. several slabs of my world famous Swanson ribs.
6: And I will be providing my world famous hundred dollar lap dances. Sweet. No.
5: Okay, the election <laughs> is in two weeks. The debate is in nine hours. Let's get to work. <laughs>
0: Some sort of primal scream that Andy does. He's excited. I think April might've gone deaf during that. I think you're right. Oh boy. I wonder if that was a, if that was Pratt or if that was scripted and if April slash Aubrey knew that was coming.
1: I bet she didn't. I bet, I bet he improvised that last scream. Yeah. I bet he did too.
0: Well, Mark. Following the cult, open this director's cut episode opens up with Leslie and Ben checking out the venue for the debate, and Ben is doing his best to psych her up to be ready.
1: So we're there at the debate venue, and it is uh, empty because it's on a camera. Where,
0: where makes... is this debate venue, Mark? What'd you would you get for that?
1: It's a, it's the it's the it's a uh, it's the Fred Building. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's inaccurate. I don't know. What is it? This what? is, turns out, this is the Pawnee Convention Center. That what and it the is? room they're in is called the Grand Auditorium. You set me up for failure. All right. The, the, I, I like that answer much better.
1: Sure. All right. Better than Fred. Well, I... This, this hurt my feelings. All right.
0: So <laughs> okay, Bobby Newport.
1: Le- Leslie and Ben are walking around the 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 place you just said there the very large uh auditorium and
0: yeah and just call it the
1: Pawnee convention center. The Pawnee Convention Center. And uh so they got they just want to get a feel for the place, you know. And no one else is there and it's just two of them and Leslie is taking in the sheer size of the auditorium and she's very visibly impressed, you know, and and Ben measures the podium. It confirms it's the same size as the one that she uses the park department. That's a little nice oh there and, uh, and and has Leslie practice her opening statement and she's prepared and he's prepared and they're ready and then th- they get thrown out because they're not supposed to be there yet <laughs> but you know they're ready Leslie no Leslie no that's right I like that
0: I, I think I like the energy she's bringing to this. I think she's going to do a good job. What do you think? It seems as though they're ready. It, it feels like they've done everything they need to do to prepare and all that's left is to do it. They've crossed their T's. They dot their I's. Now nothing to it, but to do it. All right. Yep. We'll see what happens. Well, meanwhile, over at Nope Campaign Headquarters, a.k.a. Tref Cab, of mm-hmm. course, Mark, mm-hmm. is finally happened. I hope Mark Ann has broken up with Tom. What? <laughs> Please let it stick this time. Oh, my gosh.
1: Let, let's yeah, let, let's all let's all take a knee. <laughs> let, let's hope that this happens. Um, so, yeah, Tom is depressed and it, the, the scene has Tom, life is garbage, Mark. Life is complete damn garbage. And and this is a scene with April and Tom and April is trying to clean up a little bit and not doing a real good yeah. job of it. And and Tom just says, leave it because everything garbage. It's like
0: a little bit of a mix of uh, the B story and the C story together a little bit before they splinter a little bit a yeah, little yeah. bit
1: before that splinter there and so tom is depressed because ann broke up with him Aww. again and apparently this time for as reels. i alluded to for for reels <laughs> uh, with it. an s uh not like all those other times which i guess were just practice <laughs> well I don't those know. were
0: spelled with a z so they didn't count this oh, one's spelled with an s
1: oh that's for reels for reels okay yeah. got it, got it got it all right well apparently what sent Ann over the edge was tom's <sighs> In air quotes, romantic uh, shout out during a radio show where he not only talks about their <clears throat> in intimate times a little bit, but but also mentions her name and where people can look her up on account of she's crazy hot. So not good. So Anne and gets up and throws him out of her office, which I always kind of enjoy when she manhandles him and gives him the <laughs> ho. Anyway, so Tom is venting to April about all this, and in a surprising burst of helpfulness and maturity, April April actually gives Tom some decent advice, telling him to, A, stop his stupid swagger, and, B, just tell her in a normal voice, or as we say with a human head, that you care about her, um, and uh, I, I do like at the end of it where Tom tries to protest and April's like, I do care about stuff because yeah. I'm like
0: sleeping and I want Leslie to win. And like, th- <laughs>
1: Which I think was my AKA. It was. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, like
0: and, and delightfully so. Those are three of my favorite things. <laughs> I know. Well, Mark, in this next scene, we check on the spin team, spin team. And we get a chance to see Chris in action on both the spin team and acting on a realization that has been stalking him now for a few weeks.
1: I know. Spin team. Chris and Ann are in the race to city council 2012 spin room. I love that, Mark. That's a terrific name. That is. I saw that in your notes. (laughs) Preparing for a day of spinning. Uh,
0: Not to be confused with the exercise spinning, which Chris
1: also does. I'm sorry. I don't know that he wouldn't do both simultaneously. Um, He totally would. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, work through those feelings. So <laughs> the, the place, this place, Alan, is already bustling with activity. Yeah. Like, unlike the venue where they visited before. Now you got some This is where the action happens. is. Yeah, it's And so Ben enters the room and approaches Chris and Anne to see if they're ready. And, uh, hey, Alan, let's have Harvey play this clip. This is pretty good. That's a good one.
5: Hey, you guys all set? Anne, you have all the
6: facts you need? Totally. Listen to this. The average human grows 50 feet of hair in their lifetime.
5: (laughs) That's really interesting. How about some facts we can use in the debate?
6: Yeah, no, I have those too, but you have to admit that the human body is amazing.
2: (laughs) I say that all the (laughs) time.
6: I have been researching facts about Pawnee, and sometimes I just get sucked into an internet rabbit hole, and next thing I know, I'm looking up how slugs have sex. (laughs) Ooh, uh... It's weirdly beautiful. YouTube it.
5: Okay, Chris, Hypothetical crisis. Leslie just tried to answer a question and audibly farted, then threw up. Spin. Leslie Nope
2: is literally overflowing with ideas for this town. Wow. And speaking of methane, have you heard about her plan to limit greenhouse gas emissions? Wow.
3: <laughs> Spin team! Anne and
2: I make such a great team. It's silly that we're not a team in real life. I just heard those words come out of my mouth and I've made a decision. I've heard that you and Tom Haverford are no longer romantically involved. Is that true?
6: Yes, we broke up. And I honestly can't believe we ever dated.
2: Testify logic. (laughs) Okay, I still have feelings for you. Strong feelings, emotional, primal feelings. And I would like to give our relationship another try.
6: Chris. We dated for like three months, a year ago, and you broke up with me. I honestly think that you've built this into something
2: that it wasn't. In according to your rule, we can't date because you're my boss. Maybe not for long. If Newport wins, the city council may replace me, but it would open it up for us to be together. Would you like that? Don't answer. <laughs> Just think about it. Come on, let's spin.
1: What happen? What will she say? Oh, who knows? And you know, they're there at the end of the clip. You can't you didn't hear this. But um Chris walks off with Anne and yeah. says, Oh, we'll talk about it later. Let, yeah. let, let's yeah, spin, yeah. Right? Yeah. let's get down to business. Sure. And and Tom is kind of across the room. You see, Tom is kind of in yep. the background and saw all that. And you think maybe heard a little bit of it. Like you kind of get that impression. And you see him, he's
0: holding a, a boku of flowers. He is. It's a, like a pink boku, maybe some pink carnations, in fact. And he looks miserable, he like does. someone just kicked his uh, his, his uh, puppy.
1: His uh, DJ Roomba.
0: <laughs> Even worse, I know. It'd be okay if they kicked his puppy, but I know. not DJ puppy. Roomba. <laughs> puppy, puppy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there's a lot to unpack in that scene, Mark. Yep. Well, meanwhile, back at the Schmooze Fest at campaign headquarters, we learned about Andy's investment strategies, and sadly, Mark, they turn out to be worth more than my entire crypto portfolio at the moment mean
1: so <laughs> so at at truff yeah april and andy are attempting to do the schmooze thing and and entertain several important and rich uh people that have contributed to the nope campaign so far uh we like for example uh you know they have a fancy post-it note <laughs> that, that, that <laughs> says uh, uh elevator broken please use feet i love it <laughs> <laughs>
0: He he wasn't prepared for big spenders. He was thinking about big people. Well, yeah, here's like a Snickers
1: bar. I don't know what else to do. (laughs) Um, So, Ron and Donna are there as well, in addition to April and Andy. And uh, despite talking to people not being really one of Ron's uh, strengths, not so much.
0: Well, Mark, back at the convention center, Leslie is getting pumped for the debate, and this reminds me of how Dwight Schrute gets pumped for his sales calls. Except in this case, trade out Motley Crue for Sarah McLaughlin. And I don't know about you, Mark, but I prefer the harder stuff too, uh, like Leslie, you know, Sarah McLaughlin.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, you see her. She's got headphones on, and she's dancing around excitedly. She's getting pumped up, and she's just getting excited and energy. And then she takes headphones off, and she, I will remember you. <laughs> it's like, oh, my goodness. So that, but you know what? Put that aside. Whatever works, whatever works. That's All right. right. It, 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 each to your own devices there. And it's like, comes up to Ben, and Ben says, what's your opening statement? She rattles off her opening she's statement. Ready. They look at each other. They both seem confident and Ready, And then Leslie and Ben attempt what they call the oldest debate team trick in the book by (laughs) going to their opponent's room, in this case, Bobby Newport, and wishing them luck unannounced. And I think the intent here is to to either you want to intimidate them or you want to get in their head, you know, that before the debate starts, maybe throw them off their game there. Well, Leslie even says, so if you need to find me, I'll be in Bobby Newport's head. She does say that. However, when Leslie opens the door to Bobby Newport's room, they see <laughs> they see Bobby Newport curled up in a fetal position on the floor. Yeah. And he's like completely freaking out. like Don't make me do it. Don't make me do it. I'm really scared. I'm really scared. <laughs> and Jennifer Barkley is stand- sitting beside him or behind him in a chair. And she's like lazily kind of just looking through her phone yeah. and says... Someone's having a moment. <laughs> <laughs> and Leslie had been no to
0: make of this. Like, no. what the hell? Like, is this a thing? Is this a ploy? Is perhaps? this a trick? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it, it, at face value, Mark, he, he's having a little conniption there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, this whole sequence, the end of this scene, the beginning of the next, none of this is in the standard cut. So it's a big, big difference here and later uh, between the two. And I think if you haven't checked out the producers, excuse me, the director's cut. There you go. um, You'll want to do that because there's some extra stuff here that makes it a little funnier and a little more interesting. There's definitely some extra stuff, and I think you and I
1: actually actually discussed this before the show, there, there's a lot of juggling around in yes. different orders
0: that things are. Oh yeah, and, and I, I have to say, I'm impressed with the editors of this episode for that very reason. I am too, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, Mark, we're still in Bobby's dressing room at this point, and he's at least coherent now, but that doesn't mean he's any more ready for this debate, and Ben and Leslie see an opportunity here. Well, coherent for Bobby Newport. Well, fair enough.
1: Have a bobby bar. My dad made him. So, yeah, so he's still kind of freaking out, and and and, and Leslie and Ben are still there, yeah. kind of witnessing this, and, and 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 they're still not sure this is real yet. Well, they don't know what to make of yeah. it, and so Jennifer Barkley is standing with them and says, "Look, look, look. Take a deep breath and be. Remember what I said. Be a smarter version of yourself, and also, by the way, a person with less feelings." <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so Jennifer
1: Barkley. Yeah, and and but he's still continuing to forget. He just wants to cancel everything Mark, and
0: take a nap. I, I just want to take a nap. Can we cancel this thing? I know that was almost my aka because I can't tell you how many times that is the first thought I have in the day.
1: He wanted to have his dad calling a bomb threat, <laughs> just like he did in the lacrosse game. Yep, yep. So funny happened in college to me. Hey, yep whatever works. If it works. I mean, I didn't do it. I just benefited from it. Well, anyway. sure. So, so Leslie and Ben just kind of are like, okay. And they leave his room. They get, they go into the hallway and they're still mm. stunned and like, not sure what to make of all this. And after deciding they go, okay, I don't think this is a trick. I think he's really like, and, and he's like legitimately a disaster. Yeah. And, and Leslie wonders, maybe I should back off. Cause I mean, you don't want to punch a puppy. Like, yeah. like, don't look, be a look bully. at it. Yeah. Right. I don't want to be a bully. And Ben says, no, 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 no. We need to stick to the game playing. We need to go on the offensive. And if he's reeling all the better, land an early knockout punch.
0: All right. Well, we'll see what happens here shortly with that. Mark, I've heard many good MCs and motivational speakers can kick off an event with such commitment and excitement that it's hard not to be excited yourself. Well, it turns out Ron is not one of those persons. And over in the spin room, Chris lets everyone know what to expect for tonight. So, yeah, we are now moments
1: away from the debate actually starting. And we see a couple of short scenes here play out. First, at Tref Cab, Ron gives a very Swanson esque speech you, know, you gave us money, now we <laughs> will give you ribs. Ron Swanson. <laughs> I love the little tagline, so And but as they turn on the television so everyone can watch the debate, they see an electronic notice appear on the screen that says cable tastic to resume service. Please call X7835. Oh, somebody Uh-oh. forgot to pay the, the cable bill. This could be problematic. <laughs> um, so we briefly cut over to the debate spin room where a reporter is asking the nope spin team what they can expect from tonight's debate. And Chris gives a typical well-spun answer while a glum Tom says, but Bobby Newport is super handsome and charming. So that means people will probably vote for him because there's no justice in the world. They, they might be
0: at cross purposes here. I don't, I don't know. They might. Yeah. I, I think if I if if I had to make the call, I might remove Tom from the spend team. I agree. And my general presence. <laughs> yep. General yep. presence. General presence. Mark, I love Andy's uh, as they go before they transition from the first team to the second. Um, Andy says, "Uh oh, somebody forgot to pay the cable bill." Am I right? It it was me. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, Well, Mark, back at the convention center main stage, opening statements begin and Perd and Joan get the event kicked off and we get a sense of each of the candidates and their platforms and strategies. Will Leslie's backfire? Stay tuned. Oh. (laughs) Sorry. Never mind. That's your thing.
1: (laughs) thing. Thank you. Back off there, Buster. All right. So the national anthem is being sung by Denise Yermley. Love Denise Yermley. Love Denise Yermley. Her third and final appearance, I believe. And we first, yeah, we first saw her in the season two episode Beauty Pageant, I believe. Yeah.
0: It goes way back. Right, right. I mean, way, way, way back as a matter of fact. And
1: she finishes and everybody applauds because, you know, national anthem, you get applaud. Yeah. And then. Linda
0: Montana is the actress who plays our favorite Denise. Surely, oh Yeah, it's just worth mentioning.
1: And then, uh, so then we have uh, at the moderator's table, uh, Perd Happley and Joan Calamezzo, they uh, introduce themselves and they welcome everyone to the city council candidate debate and they prompt the candidates to all give their opening statements. So, Alan, I think we can kind of just briefly list off the candidates here. Just, you know, yeah, so everyone's yeah. on the same page here. Sure. Uh, first, we have uh, Fester Trim, uh, the man who sells you your guns at the gun believable gun emporium and is understandably <laughs> a pro weapon. He's gun. Fantastic, Mark. He is definitely gun. Guns down. out. Wow! Look at what you yeah. just did there. Uh-huh. You put those away. You scare <laughs> me. The second is a uh, Brandy Max, who we've we've encountered before, an adult film star who produced and starred in over 400 adult films this year alone. And
0: Mark, uh, I was wrong. Mm. It's Max with four X's, not three. I know because that's, that's a- funnier. I know. She's one better. She's one better. She's one louder. I love it. Thank you, Mike. So
1: she and she continually seems to make comparisons between her and Leslie saying that they are very similar. They have similar views. You know, they're both blonde women running for city council and they're surrounded mostly by men and they both have sex with men. Well, Well, maybe that's that's just that's just her. So the third one is. Manrico De La Rosa, who believes that animals are as important as people, and if elected, will fight for them as if they were his own children. <laughs> and then Leslie Nope, of course, our girl, the yeah. one and only. Yeah. And then finally Bobby Newport, who looks like made it out to his podium despite his earlier freakout. I mean, I'm not saying he's in good shape here, but he seems to at least be semi-stable. Yeah. He's not publicly freaking out. That's true.
0: And if you watch the standard cut, you have no idea he's had this freak out. This is the first time you see him in the episode. And he seems like he might be a little nervous, but relatively confident. Right, right. (laughs) That's a great point.
1: Yeah. Offstage, Ben mentions to Jennifer that Bobby looks... A little lost out there mm. and, and asks if he's going to be okay. And Jennifer confidently says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be fine. The expectations are crazy low. If he puts two <laughs> sentences together without crying, the press is going to say he's doing great. And if he falls to pieces, he'll look sympathetic. It's a win-win. So She's like, Holy crap. Yeah. So Leslie, 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 Leslie fly, and Leslie flawlessly gives her opening statement, which she has practiced so many times with yeah. Ben. I am Leslie. Nope. I love this town. And if I worked this whole life to make it great, I believe I earned your vote. Bobby Newport believes he can buy it. And Maybe that's because he's never earned anything in his entire life. I think maybe she added that last part. I think she added that. And that's why I've made it my AKA. And then, and then in an unexpected turn, Bobby says, <laughs> wow, come on. That hurt my feelings. It hurt my feelings. <laughs> You're supposed to be this positive person. Can't we just talk about things we like? And the audience... <sighs> loves it and, and breaks so out Joan. into a And yes. as the applause dies down and Leslie looks back at Ben, you like the look on her face basically says, but what now? Yeah. <laughs> and she's kind of alarmed and, and Ben whispers to her, ease back. And Leslie nods and faces forward again. So I think she's a little shaken. Like she didn't expect
0: that, but we're, we're okay. We're okay. Well, and honestly, Mark, this is not the first time that Leslie's gotten a little bit of bad campaign advice from Ben. I know he means well, but I think Jennifer's very crafty and it, it does. Like, I do believe Bobby was freaking out, but I, th- I think that's real. But I think Jennifer is using this all in balance to, to Bobby's advantage over Leslie. Right? right. She knew Leslie would come out strong. She's predicted her moves before. She predicted this one and she, she had Bobby take advantage of it. You think, you think Bobby, that was, that
1: was uh, Jennifer's advice for him to respond like that? It's hard to tell because I could see that, but he's so much of a loose cannon. Like you never know.
0: Well, and yeah, that'll that'll work against him eventually here. But yeah, I I love to Joan Calamazzo goes uh, just a reminder to our candidates to keep it civil. uh, Looking at you, Leslie. Oh, my God. Wow. (laughs) That's okay, Joan.
1: I'm just a nervous. (laughs) I just want to do a good job because I like it. I like it when people think I could do a good job. Like his dad.
0: Let's do this. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) The crowd goes Uh, nuts. Oh boy, not looking good so far. Uh, Well, Mark, back at the donor party, of course, not to be confused with that there Donner party. No. No, God, no. Andy is providing the evening's entertainment as the crew and guests wait for the cable company to answer April's phone call. This is something else. You know, we're at Tref Cab, as, yeah. as you mentioned. And
1: uh, Alan, I, I, you know firsthand that I I pride myself on my ability to uh, spin a yarn, to tell a story, to describe well, scenes. Sure. But that, no, no, no. I can't do this justice. <laughs> hey, Harvey, can you play this clip, buddy? I can't get through to
7: the cable company. Can you do something? this. Like what? Based on truth, based
2: on anything real. And he's just acting out scenes from his favorite
7: movies. <laughs> so Swayze runs, boom, tackles the guy off the motorcycle. Dude's like, you're dead, bro. Comes at him. Swayze ducks. Scissor kick. The guy has Swayze's head and he says, I used to f- guys like you in <laughs> prison. By the looks of this guy, this is not consensual sex we're talking about. We see bad guy had a gun the whole time. He's like, I'ma kill you the old-fashioned way. Swayze's like, not this time. That subtext, he doesn't say that. <laughs> Bypasses the gun, hooks the arm, back to the secret movie he used before to kill somebody. He feels so bad about it, but this time he has to do it because it's self-defense. <laughs> Takes the esophagus out of the neck area. You can't eat. You'll starve to death. <laughs> and that is Roadhouse. What should I do next?
0: Uh, maybe I should take <laughs> my <sighs> esophagus out. I never thought of that. It might be helpful in our, our mutual pursuit to lose a little weight. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, you might bleed out too. He didn't mention that. <laughs> it's un, it's un, undetermined. <laughs> yeah, that, that's rumors. You know, I, I think if uh, what, what were those books called? Oh, Cliff Notes. Remember those? Yeah. I would like to buy Andy Notes because I think they would be vastly entertaining. Yeah, I mean, he did a good job. I mean, it's a pretty good synopsis. Did you, did you better see, than yours? You, I mean, no, oh, much no. better.
1: Oh my, <laughs> I suck on ice. Uh, no need to be a jerk sandwich about it. Sorry. Did, did you see
0: that? That Donna's face? Yeah, she was. <laughs> she I mean she was like completely in She's She's c- connecting with Andy in some of these uh, little scenes. I know. Yeah, I love it. Well, Mark, back at the debate, the candidate Q and A has begun with the moderators asking different questions of each candidate, and just like Fox News, Mark, it's totally fair and balanced. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: the debate continues on and Joan uh, asked the candidates a question that came in from uh, Twitter. Apparently that's something that happens now. Um, hey, Hey, Harvey. Hey, yeah. I, I know you're tired on account of you just <laughs> played the last clip. Hey, could you, could you not be grumpy and could you come back in here? Can you just uh you play this one? Oh my God. There's the attitude again. I know, All we I'm going to have a talk with that just guy. Press the button, man. <laughs>
6: This question about public safety comes from Twitter because apparently that's something that happens now. (laughs) At Munchmeat 2015 asks, Pawnee used to be safe. Someone stole my car. What will you do to make Pawnee safe? And can you help me find my car?
7: I can assure you, if you had a gun mounted on the dashboard (laughs) which automatically shot people trying to break into it, you would still have your car. Rabber.
3: Well, I guess I would like to tell Mr. Munchmeat that I think that stinks that happened to him. You know, one time a guy stole some downhill skis out of my Jeep, and I was so mad, I punched a mailbox. I'm against crime, and I'm not ashamed to admit it.
6: This question is about Pawnee's park system. Why is Ramsey Park so filthy and awful? It's difficult to get into the complicated problems with Ramsey Park in such a short amount of time. You
7: have 20 seconds. Oh my
6: God, okay. I will (laughs) say that the parks in Pawnee I
7: do have an update on your time allotment, and that update is that your time is almost gone.
6: (laughs) I have no more time left?
7: Well, you had some time when I started talking, but by the time I finished, your time was up. (laughs) Thank you very much.
3: She's off her game. She's fine.
6: Mr. Newport, rebuttal.
7: I know this, if
3: something is dirty, we should clean it up. Let's start there. Right? Come on. You know, I, I had this cleaning lady named Yolanda, who was very wise. She basically raised me. And one day she said, little Bobby, I'm not going to clean your room no mas. And from that day on, my room was gross. It really bummed me out. Yeah. I think we should make our parks look like my room after Yolanda finally, you know, gave in and cleaned it up for me. <laughs>
6: If I may, Joan, <laughs> that's a very sweet story, Bobby, but not all of us have Yolanda's who can clean up our room for us. Some of us believe that you need to roll up your sleeves and do the hard work yourself. You. Right,
3: you. Mr. Newport, your response? Well, I'm glad I grew up with Yolanda. She taught me everything I know. And in fact, Yo-Yo, if you're watching, I love you. And I'm sorry I couldn't protect you from Leslie's mean words.
6: Look, I have no beef with (laughs) Yo-Yo. I just like to say that like Leslie, I don't have people do my work for me. Leslie and I do our work ourselves.
2: Oh, my God. My
6: work, of course, is having sex with men and women on camera. (laughs) Uh, Once again, Brandy and Leslie are essentially the same person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Joan is really helping Leslie's cause here, or, or maybe not. It, it it I th- th- we had several
1: reminders during this episode, even if minor ones, that Joan is one of the Leslie antagonists. She absolutely on, on, is on that yeah. list. Yeah, I I love uh, I love when Bobby says, uh, uh, "I'm against crime, and I'm not ashamed to admit it." And the crowd loses their mind, and Ben is just hopping around off stage like, "What is happening here?" <laughs> oh, so funny!
0: Uh, he can't believe it. I mean, and neither can we at this point. I know. Well, Mark, in the spin room, Anne, like Chris, is doing an excellent job answering some pointed questions until, surprise, Tom makes it about himself.
1: Oh, my gosh. A reporter asked the Nope Spin team, Tom, Ann, and Chris, a question. And Anne gives a very measured response, but Tom acts out again, causing Anne to, I love it when she manhandles him. She she grabs him, she manhandles that little guy (laughs) and walks him to the side and says, what what the hell? What is happening here? And Tom tries to justify his uh, moppishness by telling Anne he saw her and Chris get back together, even though they just broke up. So come on. And he asks Anne, what about her relationship with him? And Anne clarifies, we're not together anymore because you keep acting like an ass. So pause. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Rabber. Tell him, man. (laughs) So Tom's response, basically, which makes me forgive him a little bit, is he says, I'm sorry. I just act that way sometimes because I'm nervous and I feel like you're out of my league. But I'd do anything to get back together with you, Please. Vote for me to be your boyfriend, and Anne kind of shakes her head at Tom. But like, it looks like he's being somewhat sincere, and it looks like his words got through to her a little bit. Not that that makes everything okay, but it's right. It's in the right direction.
0: If he's ever been even remotely empathetic after being an ass, it's this moment, I suppose. That's a good for way to me. Put it. The preponderance of evidence outweighs this one moment.
1: Yeah, that preponderance yeah. is
0: crazy. Let's hope Anne sees the preponderance as well. We'll see, though. That preponderance is awful. <laughs> and she is out of his league. She, oh, definitely. Like
1: Are you nine, kidding nine me? Nine levels There's out like of no league. sense. Yeah, like yeah in, not
0: at all. Orders of magnitude. <laughs> Well, Mark, back at the debate, Leslie and Ben discuss the aggressive strategy they started with. And the questions not only continue, but they get a little weirder and weirder, even for Pawnee. (laughs) Yeah. So
1: we start this scene where we're at a break in the debate. And Leslie is talking to Ben and she's freaking out a little bit because Bobby Newport appears to be winning, even though everything he says is utter nonsense. Yeah. And and cut to Jennifer feeding Bobby Newport a juice box. Uh, (laughs) Leslie (laughs) desperately wants to go back on the attack, but Ben convinces her not to do so for fear that she's going to come across as a bully. So then the debate resumes and we see a huge number of very funny Oh my uh, a, a rapid fire jump cuts as yeah. we go from candidate yeah. to candidate, making comments
0: on topic after topic. Most and, of which, again, also in the producer, the director's cut, not in the standard cut. That's right. Yeah. And as the
1: scene goes on,
0: uh, a few things are made clear
1: here. Number one, the other candidates seem at least mildly goofy, if not out and out crazy. Yeah. And I don't mean in the Bobby Newport is dumb <laughs> way. I mean, in the crazy Pawnee citizens during a town hall
0: way. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure Manrico De La Rosa's a nut job. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Completely. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Well, um, and Vester Trim too. <laughs> My God.
1: Yeah. Brandy Max is the only measured. Uh, you know, and and and. I mean, come on. She's not that crazy. <laughs> she just you know. Maybe not the best candidate. No, it is not. Um, (laughs) Number two, despite the simplistic, unoffensive charm of Bobby Newport, Leslie clearly demonstrates that she is the most knowledgeable one out there. And she slowly, slowly starts Mm. to win back some more support from the crowd with her uh, steady, informative answers. Um, Number three. Jennifer Barkley seems even more calm and casual than normal. And Ben learns that at least part of this may be due to what Jennifer calls an ace in the hole, a little surprisey-wisey, that she is sure will result in Bobby winning the debate.
0: Mark, there's so many little gems in this sequence of exchanges. Yeah. Like you said, they're all jump cuts. Uh, we learn a couple of very interesting things. Well, Fester believes, first of all, that we should all have percussion grenades in our nation's movie theaters. Popcorn, soda, uh, concussion grenades. I mean, they go together like shimma lemma ding dong. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, Brandy Max apparently has her bachelor's degree from Princeton. Not bad. No, pretty yeah. pretty impressive, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bobby Newport's father is an American, his mother is an American, and his godfather is the viceroy of the Principality of Lichtenstein.
1: I thought, did we know that from one of his commercials?
0: I think this so. This may be from a deleted scene. I, I think it's from remember. a deleted scene. And so it wasn't canon. It's but still pretty funny. Yeah.
1: It's very, very funny. Yeah, yeah. It's So Bobby Newport. Menrico comes out swinging. In oh sense. yeah. And yeah, yeah. anyone who even rubs their hands on a leather jacket should be tried for murder. <laughs> Yikes.
0: He, he might be a little uh, over the edge in that topic.
1: One of the, one of the things in this is seen actually, was my AKA for the A story oh, yeah, when yeah. Bobby Newport, by the year 2013, we will have a fully
0: functional mall in Jupiter. Yeah. I just well, call it Jupiter Mall. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Once again, people, grenade launcher. <laughs> like, I don't even know what he's referring to. Like, we don't hear the questions, we just hear the answers, which is brilliant. You know, uh, actually, I had a, a
1: Constantine actually called me when I was preparing for this episode. Oh, yeah, really? Because I he, thought you didn't give him your, your home number on purpose. Well, I didn't give it to him. but oh. he mm-hmm. has it. That's and true. and so he called and he wanted to talk about uh, Manrico. He likes Manrico the best. And I think that yeah. one of the reasons is that Manrico, one of his his lines here, he's explaining, you know, he's not just a vegan because he's the an animal oh, sure. lover. Right. <laughs> and you think he would be a vegan. But he's not just a <laughs> vegan. He actually he actually says this. I'm not making this up. I love so said, hard. He said, no, I'm not a vegan. I, I'm i an onionarian. I only eat onions and onion-based juices. Constantine was so excited. He, lost it. he wanted to know yeah. where he could go out
0: and vote for this guy. <laughs> Tell him it's a few years too late in the wrong part of the country. But, you know, hey, what are you going to
1: do? <laughs> yeah, I know. Still, that's funny. But huh?
0: he, Constantine was the first person I thought of when I when I heard that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. A- absolutely. Mark, the, the last one that got me was this little four-way exchange between Manrico, Fester, Brandy, and Bobby. <laughs> Manrico says, Anteaters. Fester says, Kill Shot. Brandy says, Money Shot. <laughs> and Bobby Newport says, Fudgesicles. Again, I don't know what the questions are, but I love the answers. I know, I know. So good. Well, Mark, uh, meanwhile, back at Tref Cab, the Andy Dwyer Show continues for now. <laughs> This, this is
1: this is a very short very. scene that demonstrates two things number 1 andy is continuing his off off broadway one man show and this sure. time he's starting to talk about rambo yeah. i think yeah. um 2 ron decides that he's going to take matters into his own hands and he goes outside and he starts to climb up a nearby telephone pole <laughs> with the stated intent of stealing the cable feed temporarily, so the donors can watch the debate, for which he will repay the cable company later.
0: Very nice. Yep. Well, back at the debate, Bobby moves beyond his all-shucks routine, and we finally see what Jen was referring to when she warned Ben earlier in the evening. Well, Joan asks Bobby the final question before the upcoming break, uh,
1: having to do with his involvement with Sweetums. And, and, And so he hears that, and then Bobby tells everyone... I want to run this town like a business. My opponent, Leslie Nope, has a very anti business agenda. Recently, my dad told me that if Leslie Nope wins the election, they'll probably have to move Sweetums to Mexico. <gasps>
7: but-
1: so there's a lot of rhubarb going on there. Everyone's <laughs> like losing their minds. Sweetums, rubber rubber, rubber. And then Bobby continues, but but okay, okay, but but that would be terrible, of course. Thousands of people in this town would lose their jobs and we and we all wouldn't have candy. No candy. But but now now I'm not saying that that's gonna happen, but I do know this. If I win. I bet I could get them to stay, mm. and the audience just eats this up, no pun intended, and, and they <laughs> applaud. And they're like,
0: "Yeah, keep Sweetums here." Yeah, things are not looking good for the home team. No, and, and frankly, again, Joan gives this question to Bobby. It says, you know. Uh, You know, the the last question is for you, Mr. Newport, you know, some people have criticized your involvement in your father's candy company, Sweetums. Right. You know, and so she's basically giving him this platform. And I love that little look Bobby gave to Jen backstage, like, should I do it? Should I do it? And she's like, go for it. And then he lays down this landmine. Yeah, like right, it basically just immediately
1: explodes. Right, yeah. right, right. Now, see, that's a that's an example of I I can see right there that Jen crafted that statement. She made that. Now moment. the part where he goes, "You hurt my feelings,"
0: <laughs> that feels more like <laughs> just from him. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, very Bobby Newport. Yeah. Either way. Yep. Well, Mark still at the convention center. Leslie seems set on how to respond, but Ben, who clearly has Jen in his head seems hesitant.
1: That's right. So we're, we're during the, the aforementioned break uh, that occurred after Bobby Newport dropped this bombshell and Leslie and Ben are talking off stage. And Leslie is understandably worried about this. You know, what he just laid down. Um, hey, Harvey, I'm sorry. I, I hurt your feelings like Bobby Newport. Could you play this clip, please? Just hit the red button.
6: So Sweetums is going to move to Mexico if Bobby doesn't win? How could they do that to this town? What a crappy stunt to pull. Woman in bat.
5: Shut, Shut up, Lorenzo. Lorenzo.
6: <laughs> what do we do? I think we attack him. He's more confident now. I have to attack him. And say what?
5: We didn't plan for this. What would you even
6: say? I don't know. I'll figure it out as I'm saying it. Just let me attack him. I want to attack him.
5: No. No, no, no. It's too risky. Just go with the closing statement we rehearsed. Add a line at the end about how you're pro-business, and we'll deal with the fallout tomorrow. Okay? What? What's the matter with you?
6: I can do it I can crush him. I
0: promise. Screw it. Go get him.
6: Really?
1: Kick his ass.
0: Yeah. I love that look. She has that moment where she knows what she's going to say. Right. She just wants Ben to trust her. Right. And he gives in. He's like, all right, screw it. Go for it. I mean, his advice really hasn't helped her that much so far. I'd I'd, I'd tip my hat to Leslie at this point, too. Swing away, Rocky. Yep. See what happens. Well, back at the fundraiser, Ron is making progress on borrowing, I had air quotes there, Mark, you didn't see him. Uh, the cable, so that at least they can see the end of this debate. The, this is a teeny, tiny little scene. He's he's basically up the telephone pole. He,
1: he's singing Wichita Alignment, <laughs> which is hilarious. Right. And, and uh, he's doing his Ron Swanson thing. He's trying to, he's getting, stealing the cable, and yep. you hear, Ooh, The sirens in the background, and he kind of like ducks behind the telephone pole, (laughs) and the sirens fade away, and he's like, he keeps singing. It's just very cute. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, That have to be in our little uh, sequence for uh, Pawnee PD. You know. He, oh, yeah. He's a, one of the bad boys, it That's turns right. out. Bad Who knew? boys, bad boys. Well, back at the debate, Bobby's closing statement's not bad, Mark, especially when combined with the threat bomb that Joan helped him drop just before this moment. Well, he's I don't think it's quite up to what he was doing earlier, though. It doesn't seem like it. Like,
1: Pert happily tells everyone the candidates will now issue their closing statements. And, and the first one's Bobby Newport. And Bobby continues with his like relatively charming inoffensive nonsense. Although this time in my opinion, at least I think his odd content elicits only a light smattering of audience applause. Like it's a little bit odd and much different than the thunderous applause that he was getting earlier. So you go, Oh, well he is there, is there a chink in the armor there? Um, So I don't know we'll we'll see what happens.
0: Well, back at the party, Ron is finally successful and the attendees get a break from Andy for the moment. (laughs) Yeah, Andy you
1: you see Andy again this is another really tiny scene and you see Andy ending something and he's like and that's how it ends I loved it it's called babe (laughs) I know it sounds corny a talking pig but you should all see it and you see Donna and she has tears coming down her face I feel like I just did like she is completely into this um and then the cable tv comes on and, and just in time for Leslie's closing statement. That's right. And, and they hear PURD say, and Leslie, nope, closing statement. And you see Leslie kind of sigh and compose herself. Scene ends.
0: I like this, Mark. This is, I love that transition they do where basically we see them seeing the TV and then all of a sudden we're in we're, the scene. We're there, right, right, We're there, yeah, I like it. And we and the fundraiser guests get to hear Leslie's response to Bobby Newport and the citizens of Pawnee on why they should elect her as their new city council member.
1: This is great. There, there's no way I'm gonna do this scene justice. Harvey, do the honors, buddy.
6: I'm very angry. I'm angry that Bobby Newport would hold this town hostage and threaten to leave if you don't give him what he wants. It's despicable. Corporations are not allowed to dictate what a city needs. That power belongs to the people. Bobby Newport and his daddy would like you to think it belongs to them. I love this town. And when you love something, you don't threaten it. You don't punish it. You fight for it. You take care of it. You put it first. As your city councilor, I will make sure that no one takes advantage of Pawnee. If I seem too passionate, it's because I care. And if I come on strong, it's because I feel strongly. And if I push too hard, it's because things aren't moving fast enough. This is my home. You are my family. And I promise you, I'm not going anywhere. Holy Leslie, that was awesome.
0: (laughs) Mark, there's so much to unpack in that scene. It's just, it's so good in so many ways.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, for, for one thing, while she's saying that great, great closing statement. Yeah. We kind of get flashes of the different people that are watching it, including the people there at the, at we the place. We visit every scene. Right. We visit every yes. scene and even some that we weren't aware of. There's a scene. Oh, my God. There's I a scene it. of Jerry. I don't even understand no. this, but it's funny and I don't care. It doesn't matter. Jer- Jerry is sitting there at a place. Yeah. Surrounded by nuns <laughs> holding, holding their hands and smiling as they're watching Leslie. Ugh. OMG. Well, Jerry's
0: Catholic. I just learned that. Holy
1: Love hell Love Hand basket. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. everybody at Tref Cab is just like mesmerized. They're yeah. like holding each other's hands yes. and listening to it. So, I mean, the spin
0: room, they're all like on the edge of their seats, listening and paying attention. Wow. Not asking what questions. What a great Jim. job. Yeah. Well, and, and just the scene's so well written. The speech is so, uh, so Leslie, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Leslie at her best for sure. And I, I know we'll get into this more later, so we won't beat it to death here. Right. Well, Mark, we cut back to the party and apparently action movie theater, along with Leslie's speech, has really gotten Andy a little wound up. This is this is
1: maybe the smallest scene in I the know. entire episode. But worth it's like it. it's like 12 seconds. <laughs> what happens is. Andy is gets really excited, believe yeah. it or not.
5: Woohoo! Yeah!
1: And and he tells them to play. Remember how he made Leslie scene theme oh, yeah, song? Yeah, yeah. Catch your dream. So yeah. he said, play that, and they're all just jamming to it. <laughs> and he's excited and he does a like a back kick into the TV, and TV Col knocks it over and it breaks it. And then Ron, (laughs) like Ron is going to help him with a back
0: kick TV that's now shattered on the floor. Well, Ron saved his butt earlier, so I guess it's a good place to start. I suppose. Well, following the debate and Leslie's killer closing statement, Ann, Chris, and Tom get a chance to put a final spin on the events of the evening and wrap things up in a pretty meaningful way.
1: Yeah, I would agree. We, We cut to the spin room where... We see Chris talking to a group of reporters about what they just saw. And once he finishes, we see Ann walk up to him. You know, let's have Harvey play this clip. I
0: think that's a great idea.
2: What the voters saw tonight is an undeniable fact that one of these candidates is right for this town and one of them is not. Thanks, guys. And Perkins. Uh-oh.
6: I'm sorry, Chris. It's very flattering. I just, I just don't think it's a good idea.
2: It was worth a shot. Well, I hope that whoever you end up with treats you like the amazing person that you are. Thank you. And I am going to go run some stairs (laughs) and work through these feelings. (laughs) Is he sad? Oh my God. He looks
6: sad. I'm not going out with Chris again.
2: Does that mean we're getting back together? No,
6: I don't know. No, not right now. There's a chance I'm never going to date anyone ever again. (laughs) I'll take it. And you know what else?
4: I'm coming for you, girl.
6: Just
7: like you want.
6: Just get out there and spin, man.
7: You got it. Leslie Nope is scrappy, like a terrier. She's smooth,
0: like a blended whiskey.
7: My girl has big ideas and big feelings and she's not afraid to express them.
0: Well, at least Tom got over that and got to his job. He finally spun something and did a pretty decent job. Right, right, I would completely agree with that. I mean, a little
1: bit of redemption, maybe not enough. It, it's nice to see him put on a semi-human head occasionally. It is. Just and, to make sure it still fits.
0: Well, and, and Anne clearly is no longer shocked by Tom's approach to this, you know, when he says he's coming for her, you know. Whatever. I'm coming for you, girl. Yeah. Just like you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a little much, but it's... Nah,
1: it's you get desensitized to it, I suppose. Li- I
0: guess that's what's happening to you. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. Well, back on the debate stage, Ben and Leslie celebrate the moment and Bobby Newport gets in a final word. So,
1: yeah, Leslie and Ben are celebrating and and Anne walks up to join them and she hugs Leslie and they're all happy because, you know, Leslie did a really good job. And then a few seconds later, an almost giddy. Bobby Newport approaches them. Woo! We did it! We did it! Oh, my God, I was so nervous, but we completely got through it. I haven't felt this good since I scored that lacrosse goal at State. Seriously. Um, hey, party at my dad's lake house. Bring whoever you want. And then he like, he walks off stage, like kind of trying to find his way through the curtains. Uh-huh. And Leslie and Ben and Ann all follow him with, with their eyes. And then they all three go, toink, and like a mug right to the camera. Triple mug. Bobby Newport does not care at all. Oh, how he did. Not he's just all. so glad it's
0: over. <laughs> he and we are relieved, Mark. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, Mark, finally in the kicker, we see a bit of Andy's reenactment work from earlier in the evening, and there's no way we could do this justice. So why don't we just play this one out? Yep.
7: Scrawny Christians, missionaries, <laughs> come to him and they're like, are you John Rambo? He's like, yeah. And they're like, we need you to take us up river. And he's like, it's a war zone up there. And they're like, yeah, we know. That's why we have to go. We're going to change things. And he's like, you bringing any weapons? They're like, of course not. <laughs> they did not change anything. Go home. And then they come back in a rainstorm. And this time he says, nope, go home. They go home <laughs> again. Bottom line, they go up river.
0: Does not go well.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Made to uh, black. That's a great synopsis of Rambo. First blood it is. And his his uh, his his, well. his Rambo. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Did you bring any weapons? Did you not change anything? <laughs> <laughs> oh My God. <laughs> uh well, nice job on the recap, Mark. Uh, that was a great episode to yeah. recap with you. And uh, I, I need a break for a minute. I suspect our, our readers and listeners do as well. So uh-huh. I don't know why I called them readers this week. That's weird. Well, we'll have to write something now. Good job. Dang it. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll do that during the break
4: and we'll be right back. everybody. Every generation has its iconic concert film that changes the way people think about modern music for the years that follow. For this generation, that film is Identity Crisis. This is Mouserat. Hello, this is Reginald Swanson, Ron's cousin from the UK. From their humble roots in small town Pawnee, Indiana, to their almost regionally recognized heights. Mouse Rat has been the music of a generation and their fans will never be the same. Starting from their early beginnings at the WKKR 2008 Pawnee Battle of the Bands to their soaring heights up near Horsey Heaven at the Pawnee Unity Concert a few years later, Mouse Rat, like so many amazing rock gods before them, struggled in their early days with finding their voice. And a permanent band name. Tens and hundreds of early fans knew them with various other but equally awesome names such as Scarecrow Boat, Angel Snack, Puppy, Possum, or even Penis Pendulum, Punch Face Champion, Department of Homeland Obscurity, Jet Black Pope, and many, many, many other names before the group finally settled on their best and most consistent name, Mouse Rat and there has never been another band like them since. So, whether you are a lifelong fan or just band curious, look for this mind-bending documentary brought to you by Entertainment 720 and coming soon to theatres everywhere with simultaneous releases on HBO Max and Pawnee Public Access 46. The band is Mouserat. The film is Identity Crisis. And this has been one of their biggest fans. Just don't tell them that a Swanson sent you. We do have our reputations to uphold. Thank you. That is all.
7: All
0: right, everybody, we're back. Well, Mark, you know, uh, again, we, as we've said, we've watched the director's cut here, which means we watch the DVDs because I don't even think that's actually on Peacock. I think you're right, right. Yeah, they have the 21 minute version. So if you have the DVDs, get them. If you don't, get them and uh, watch this episode (laughs) in the Amy Poehler director's cut. I I recommend it.
1: Yeah, yeah, the, the DVDs have a lot of good content. I we mean, do. even apart from- And we get like,
0: nothing for saying this, by the way. No, 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 no. Which is dumb on our part. We need a Jen Barkley out there for us.
1: Yeah, we're we're rather dumb. Kinda I think we've, we've covered not this smart before, it's not not great. Yeah, but, yeah.
0: but, but I don't care. I, I still think it's worth getting. Absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. Well, Mark, uh, as we normally do talk about, I'll, I'll go through the deleted scenes. There were so many of them. It took me hours and hours to get through them this week. Oh, no, I'm sorry. There were no deleted scenes this week. <laughs> Beep. Clean up on aisle you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. There are no deleted Nothing. scenes on account of director's cut.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know what? That's good. I, I think I have no problem with that. I'd rather see it in the episode anyway.
1: Well, how many times have you threatened to Frankenstein something together because you I don't need to do it this scenes? week? I know they did it for Although, you.
0: I read an interview with Mike Schur about this specific episode and a few others, and he mentions that they cut like nine minutes out. So we know they really? added five back in. So somewhere, Mark. What deep, dark four, closet is that yeah, in? I want those. It's what they call the cutting room floor, right? Mm-hmm. We know every week, even beyond the deleted scenes, there are other deleted scenes. Right. I suspect the same is true here. Yep. Yep. Well, Mark, let's jump into first tropes, fun facts, and all that jazz. Um, I had a little bit of everything this week except goofs. What do you have? Uh, let's start off with firsts.
1: I I actually struggled with firsts. You seem to be better at those than I am. I I had, we'll see. I had a... Jester Trim and Manrico De La Rosa, who I think (laughs) we've seen their names before in polls and stuff like that, but we've never met the actual people. Yeah,
0: That's all I had for first. What What a face to a name. I like it. Well, Mark, I said it's the first time we see the flag of Pawnee. It's a wow. blue, white and yellow flag and I'm going to talk about it in fun facts. That's so here a good in a catch. I yeah. didn't even think about that. I even found my own good fun fact about this. In fact, this week, all my fun facts are mine. I didn't go to the internet. Wow. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, the other first I had was the triple mug. It's the first time, in, at least in my mind, We've certainly seen three oh. people <laughs> mugged the camera all at the same time, yep. and I just love it. I actually freeze framed it there. It's at twenty four forty eight. I'm sorry, and uh, just check it out. It's a great f- still frame. If even if you just get a get good call and a good yeah. fun fact, it is a good fun fact. How about tropes, Mark? I suspect you had a few more tropes.
1: I had. A, I, had I did better there. I had fun with names for a variety God. of yeah, reasons: no Denise, Yurimani, Mary Goodra, Theser Trim. <laughs> There's so on. many on, guy. Um, Ben and Ann and Leslie and everybody mugs to the camera. Yes. Just love it. Love it. Love yeah. it. Um, it, This is almost a placeholder, but I'm going to do it. Sweet, stupid Andy. I, I think it definitely qualifies for yeah. this episode. Um, I did notice that there really wasn't any PBJ because there was no J. Yeah. Almost.
0: I, I'm almost positive, but I don't even think the Jerry scene is in the standard edition. It okay. is. It is. Okay. Yeah. So that's why he's credited in this scene. Okay. Right. I, I was curious about, or in this episode, I was curious about that. So good, good catch.
1: But other than that, just nothing. Um, I said, food driven Ron on account of his slabs yeah. of world famous swans sure. and um, ribs. F- I said, I couldn't remember if we had done this before. Um,
0: I said, optimistic slash cheerful chris we did if you recall there's a point where chris was down in the dumps before right this is a cycle right right uh he, as he's coming out we actually had that we also had the press chris going in yeah as a yeah so we had both
1: but yeah. i noted that's why he's so good nope. on being the spin team yeah because he's so team. positive spin team um and then i had finally um JVL, Joan versus Leslie as uh, one of her, even if minor antagonists, she's definitely one. in there.
0: I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to reach out to Mo and just see if she has any memories of this if, and see if we can get a response from her. Because, again, I, I sometimes forget how great when she's in an episode, how great she actually is. I agree. And, and the whole Twitter thing is what really slays me, that whole <laughs> sequence, because she's actually very big on Twitter if you follow her. And right. uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm actually going to reach out to her on Twitter and just just see if she will comment on it. Can this you so do fun. you
1: have any, can you give yourself an alias of Munchmeat 2015? Oh my god. <laughs> so good. See if she recognizes it. Or even it. if you could alias yourself say, "Hey, Mo, I uh, I had a friend Munchmeat 2015 that wanted me to ask you this <laughs> he question. Wants I'm
0: asking this for him." Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not sure, Mark. I think he, that's a great job by the way on tropes. I I think other than I don't think I have any additional ones. Wow. Well, you know what? I, the only other thing I said was, "This is another what I call single day episode. Many of our episodes we cover, I-, I oh, that's I, interesting. I remember the scenes, yeah, so yeah. I, I'm like, one of them The reason was four days. And yeah. I'm like, wow, that's kind of a first. Um, but we've had three or four of these now where it all happens, about 25 scenes in this director's cut. Right. Um, all in a single day. But so it's rare. It's rare, yeah. but, but maybe worth noting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did not cap uh, capture any goofs. I didn't either. And, and it didn't seem like anybody online had really pointed out any as well. How about fun facts? Like I said, I've got a couple and I I think I can claim them all. The only fun fact that
1: I had was that, uh, you know, as we've mentioned, Amy Poehler wrote this episode and as a result, her work on this episode got her nominated for the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Writing
0: for a Comedy Series, which is very well deserved. Yeah, that's true. Um, Mm -hmm. I had that fun fact as well and I had a little more on it if you don't mind. No, go ahead. So Amy was, for this episode, was actually up against the episode Uh, episode 22 of the same season, win, lose or draw written by Mike Schur. Oh, wow. Both of them lost to an episode of Louie called pregnant with Louie CK. Wow. Officer Dave. Mm. So just interesting, right? Yeah. Three people in the parks and rec universe all up for an episode that year. Unfortunately, neither Mike nor Amy won. Right. I think they, I see why they were nominated though. Oh yeah. Well, Amy was also nominated that year for a WGA award for 2013 because the timing's a little different uh, and lost to Modern Family for an episode called Virgin Territory. So technically, both of the times they lost, they were to episodes related to sex. So Mm. go figure.
1: Well, sells. (laughs) That's what I hear. Yep.
0: Yeah. Any other fun facts for you, Mark?
1: Nope. That's all all I got. So so
0: the only other one I had that I, I wanted to mention was, you know, um. I read this interview with Mike Schur from Entertainment Weekly, and I think it's worth maybe reading just a a bit of it because for me, this episode, um, you know, it's very interesting, the writing in this episode. And it's written by Amy, as we pointed out, and it's so good Mm -hmm. that it made me wonder, you know, how much – did the team pitch in on this episode and this kind of speaks to it a little bit Um, mike said she prepped super hard she watched that documentary the war room about the clinton campaign we broke story as a group as we always do And in the outline, it was it basically said, so the debate's going well. And then this thing happens and this thing happens. And at the end, Leslie makes the big speech and it really moves everybody to tears emotionally. And she saves the day. Okay, go. Right. So he says at that point, there was not a single pitch about what the content of that that speech should be. So Amy was all on her own. Mm. And at the end of the speech, you know, Leslie gets to the end of the debate, this incredibly high pressure moment. He says it's written exactly as Amy's first draft. Not a word was changed. Wow. I mean, that's kind of amazing if you think about it, right? Yeah. I mean, he said that's rare in TV. We rewrite everything. Yeah. But here they did not. So that's from an Entertainment Weekly article back in June 26th of 2012 by Mandy Beerley. if you want to go check that out. That's pretty incredible. Pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. I, sorry, Mark. I had actually two other fun facts oh my god sorry I, i'm really not trying to I'll be the do judge it if way. they're fun yeah <laughs> fair enough um so i mentioned the pawnee flag earlier oh yeah 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 so the pawnee flag if you look at it is yellow white blue in that order mm-hmm. okay but and there don't seem to be any other country flags or association flags outside of the town of pawnee with those colors in that order mm-hmm. but if you rearrange it to yellow blue white you get the flag of the canary islands mm. That's kind of interesting. Interesting. Not as interesting as anything else we've said. No. But interesting. No. It's an interesting fact. Yeah. And then the last one was just the Stallone connection. Uh, You know, Stallone basically, you know, obviously is referenced by Andy in here doing his Rambo impersonation, (laughs) right? (laughs) Well, in Guardians 2, Sylvester Stallone plays the character Stakar Orgnord along with Andy as, of course, Chris Pratt as Star-Lord. So just an interesting connection. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it for me. (laughs) So there you go. Very good. All right, Mark. Well, let's do this. Uh, Let's uh, talk about our MVPs and then we'll score this thing.
1: All right. Well, this may seem boring, but I found no way around it. It's too well-deserved. My MVP is Amy Poehler. Um, It's not boring. You know, she's a for for me. She was a she's a triple threat as writer, director, yeah. actor. This was a my reasoning. This was a stellar episode in so many ways. I I would say, in my opinion, the best episode in season four, at least so far. And and I'm sure a great deal of that is due to Amy writing and and directing it. And and I also thought that that Leslie gave us. Via Amy uh, Leslie gave us the best kind of protagonist in this episode. Yeah. It made me want to root for her. It made me worried for her yeah, when the initial tactics you know. didn't work. It made me hold my breath when she came up with a potential strategy and it made me cheer when it worked.
0: Well done. Hey, I'm not sure I could have said that any better myself. How about you? What, who'd you pick for MVP? So for MVPs, um, I, and I totally agree with why you gave it to Amy alone because wow. And amazing, right? Um, Paul Rudd was so freaking good in this episode Mm. and you know, his character could easily be a throwaway, you know, kind of funny just in the moment guy. You kind of forget later, even though it turns out to be Ant-Man later, of course. Right, right. Everyone in Parks and Rec turned into a Marvel character, Yeah, but whatever. Um, I'm not bitter about it.
1: I heard there's a character coming out called the stash. I'm not sure who's going to be playing him. Huh? Huh. That's weird. Yeah, that's
0: weird. He's he's a cape. No capes. Um, But for me, I gave co-MVPs to Amy Poehler and Paul Rudd. Very good. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much. Even without the director's cut, I feel like Bobby Newport is terrific in this episode as this kind of, you know, idiot uh, antagonist for Leslie. You know, obviously backed by Jennifer Brilliant Barkley. But at the same time, Paul Rudd just brought it home in this episode.
1: Very good. Yeah. Very good well uh, so i'll I'll give you a few additional notes of like little thoughts I had on the episode, and then I'll get to my score here, sure so Alan I, I like to think about season three of parks and Rec, holy crap yeah how how unbelievable was that it like yeah. it, that was like freaking lightning in a bottle. It's something that's incredibly rare to achieve and nearly impossible to duplicate, and I'm in sure. a lot of ways, I feel like. Season four, which so far has been pretty good. Yeah, hasn't been bad. But I feel like it's kind of in some ways existed in the shadow of season three's brilliance to a degree.
0: I feel like we've said that almost every week to some degree.
1: However... This episode does a lot to show why season four, in my opinion, is worthy in many ways of rubbing elbows with season three. Sure. Like the longer you go into a comedy series, the more you can borrow from what's previously been shown and what's familiar. And while it doesn't have the sheer impact of something like unexpected from left field when you first come up with it, it has in many ways what could be considered a richer, more satisfying slow burn.
0: Yeah. You know, which
1: I kind of like. I love, love, love this episode with a passion. And that's saying something, given that my boy, Ron <laughs> Swanson, he really didn't have that much to do in Not it. And, and I still loved it. And Jerry didn't even speak. I know he didn't even speak. I thought that the debate itself masterfully balanced the ridiculous hmm. Fester Trim, Brandy Max, McManarino, <laughs> Manrico De La Rosa with the earnest Leslie's impassioned closing hmm. statement, et cetera. And, and like by any sort of normal standards, Leslie should obliterate Bobby Newport. Sure. And she stays as much with their opening remarks. I've earned the vote of the Pawnee citizens. He thinks he can buy him and his well thought out and calmly delivered rebuttal. Oh, Mm. you hurt my feelings. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Like, that's all he's got. And yet it's strangely, it resonates with everybody. And she has to like dial it back. I loved it. And you said it so well, Alan, I I won't you know beat it today or anything. I like what they've done with Paul Red's Bobby Newport. I've loved it from the very beginning. He was amazing in this episode is he a self-centered entitled antagonist sure i guess (laughs) i guess he is and i understand like viewing him as the in air quotes enemy so to speak and and yet he has no idea what he's doing like he has no idea he's doing more harm than good he didn't even impress his daddy like he barely knows he's competing against other people like he just (laughs) wants to do this thing and then go to the lake house like (laughs) it's he's just happy when it's over yeah um I also love, love, love Catherine Hans Jennifer Barkley. I I, I thought she was a great character in the very yeah. beginning. I thought she's a great character here. She is clearly the driving force behind the Newport campaign. I mean, she she would have to be, and and she's a terror to go up against politically. But even she's not pure evil
0: twirling your mustache,
1: black hat
0: villain. You know what I mean? I was like, going to say she's Carl Rove, uh, you know, for, for Bobby Newport. But now that you say that, no, not so much.
1: Yeah. Like and I, that's one thing I really like. All of these, again, air quotes, all of these antagonists yeah. are rather layered, which I kind of like. Well, it's rare to see that kind of character depth in a comedy. I agree. I completely agree. And it seemed like almost everyone got a chance to shine. You know, you got Leslie as the underdog ducking and weaving, not only around strategic assaults, but the sheer lunacy that is and its citizens and its political candidates. And the great final speech, the knockout blow, blah, blah, blah. Ben is the orchestrator behind all this, handing out assignments and being there for Leslie and giving her advice and flabbergasted when Newport does well. Um, And and several Ben Mugs of the Camera moments, along with everyone else. Chris as a humor as a superhuman spin master. Leslie <laughs> farted and threw up. Leslie Nope is literally overflowing nope. with ideas for this town. Just brilliant. It. Ron giving a, class in, a classic Swanson esque speech at the donors party and then singing Wichita lineman while stealing cable. <laughs> April convincing Tom to drop his stupid swagger for a while. You know, I like sleeping. I like Indian champion. I like Leslie winning. And not only having some genuinely funny moments, but making some good damn decisions not to get together with anyone right now and instead just taking a beat. Well, well done. Yep. Tom having kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, kind of a redemption moment (laughs) where he was totally transparent with Anne and he showed a little bit of humility. And and she kind of responded positively to it, which I hope he learns from. Like, do more of that with your human head. Because really, this is the first time he's done those things. There have been a few occasions where he's toyed with it, um, but yeah. He it's, always lets a swagger when. It's rare. yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, Andy's unstoppable freaking one-man show where he acts <clears throat> out the entire plots of Roadhouse, Babe, Rambo, while the cable's out. And, you know, Donna didn't get a bunch of time, but her reactions <laughs> to Andy's great. storytelling were absolutely priceless yeah. and made me laugh out loud. And, and even Jerry, who didn't even freaking speak, I had an unexpected laugh out loud moment when he's sitting there with the nuns nuns. holding their hands. I did not expect that. Um, And holy crap, stellar list of guest stars, Paul Rudd. Catherine Hahn, We've already covered. Mo Collins is Joan Colamezzo. Uh, Jay Jackson is purred happily. Marie Mara Marini is Brandy Max. <laughs> Brad Leland is Fester trim. Who people might know as buddy Garrity from Friday night lights. That's right. Um, Gary, Carlos Cervantes is, uh, Manro Dele- Manrico de la Rosa. And, uh, as you mentioned, Linda Montana in her last appearance as Pawnee's most bookable personality, decent Denise. <laughs> <Yermley>. Um, um, <laughs> All right, so you know, I—that's I, I, all I have to say. It's a fantastic episode. I really enjoyed it. I don't really have any nitpicks other than I wish they'd given Donna and particularly Jerry a little bit more time. Just a little more. But it was yeah. so such a good episode. I, I just I have
0: very very little to complain about. All right, here comes the Mark Rubric, baby. Now, Mark, are you again director's cut and standard edition? Are you giving two scores tonight? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my base score, my base score, five. It's a great central story. It has serious repercussions on what the rest of the season and series is going to be like. I was invested in the plot. I'm there. Is, the, is that your maximum
0: base score? Like, do you, have a, do you have rules around these scores?
1: I mentally try to not give more than half of what's possible to the base uh, score. But I suppose... I, I suppose it's not a hard and fast rule. Like if I gave it a six base score, I don't think that the, the higher upset at, at here at LF, you're the not going to your parking okay. a Damn parking spot. So I could do that, but yeah, I like to just keep it a half. So five, it's, I think that's the highest I've ever given. I agree with that. So five Boom. done. I'm going to give half point for a great performance by episode MVP, Amy Poehler. And you'd think I would give more than a half point, but, but, for me, part of what why it elevates to a five mm. is because of what she there. did. So it's kind of represented in there. Sure. I'm also going to give a shout out just because I was so freaking impressed. I'm going to give a half point to Chris Pratt as Andy Dwyer because holy crap. Even if it was scripted, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Uh, and I got to think he improved maybe half of it.
0: There's some in there. Right, right, right.
1: Um, I'm going to give half a point for the tremendous list of guest stars. And then on top of that, I'm going to give a special half point again, guest star call out for Paul Rudd and Catherine Hahn. They were that good, especially as you, as you mentioned. I got some cheater combos coming up. Uh, I'm going to give a spin team combo half point spin for, the, team. for spin team for the nice triangle interaction with and Chris Tom, even though they really didn't have a lot of screen time. But I thought it was funny. I thought it was it, it, it worked well enough for what it was. I give it a half point. Um, I'm going to give a half point for what I call the, the Ron April combo. I thought they each had lesser parts in this episode, but they still deserve a partial mention. They each had some decent scenes and yeah. stuff that made me laugh. I'm going to give half a point for what I called the supporting cast combo, which is Ben's support supportive. Leslie Donna's reaction to Andy's storytelling. Okay. Jerry hanging out with the nuns. It was, it was kind of funny, even though he didn't get a chance to speak. So half point for that. I'm going to give half a point for what I call the debate combo, which is just in general going above and beyond mm-hmm. to give us a wonderfully written debate. That was both ridiculous
0: and earnest
1: and, and final- not
0: that different than real life. It turns out, <laughs>
1: concussion grenades Um, and I'm going to give one more half point uh, for once again giving us a feel good clever and satisfying ending with Leslie's final knockout blow Mm. so for the normal aired version um, you add all those crazy points up Alan and you come up with uh, 9.5 little Sebastian's now <laughs> Alan, in 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 quantum mechanics, um, uh, Schrodinger's cat is a, is is a thought, no cat. Ex- is a thought experiment that illustrates a paradox of quantum superposition. All this to say, uh, what I have is a Schrodinger's score score because like I wrote it down and then it got smudged. So I I I was trying to make out I don't uh, the the producer's cut or the director's cut rather it definitely deserves some points and I wrote it down and it seems to have gotten smudged I don't know it doesn't look it doesn't look like a ten I I can't it seems higher than a nine point five I can't really I I, look I can't make it out it's gonna forever (sighs) be a mystery now Alan Alan to be clear you and I both know you and I both know that we're not allowed to give quarter points but I will say I will say it just it seems like this episode kind of ties with the producer's cut of the season three episode uh, Harvest Festival. And huh. I can't recall uh, what I'm trying to remember with my head here. I can't recall what that scored. But anyone that cares to go back and visit our old shows, well, you can you can see for yourself. I think that napkin was smudged, too, as it turns out. So it's uh, um, a <clears throat> pretty sweet sauce in there. <laughs> That's
0: it. That's it for me. What you got, Alan? Uh, nice job, Mark. <clears throat> even with your, uh, speaking of cheater scores. No, uh, I'm not your, talking about it. your core point. has never been. Pretty, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, for me, uh, the small list of things, in addition to what you've kind of already covered for us, Mark, you know, uh, again, amazing writing by Amy Poehler. Yeah. And, 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 in the fun facts I kind of mentioned, you know, I read a little bit of the article from Mike or the the quote from Mike because it's, you know, you and I've taken our hands at writing a little bit and yeah. you know, even nothing else for this show. And and you know, it's it's hard sometimes. Yeah. And it's hard to always be funny. And our, our listeners have occasionally told us that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh man, like what a what a great script, honestly. And yeah. and I know other people had hands in it, but for even just for that speech as a piece to not have had other hands in it and f- performed as written, so rare. Amazing. Just amazing. Uh, And what a great speech it was at that. Uh, Mark, there were so many small moments here that didn't really like jump off the screen. They're kind of subtle, but they're like little treasures. And if you go back and you rewatch, they're even more enjoyable sometimes in the second or third watch. Yeah. The the Jerry moment, uh, the Donna crying and reacting to Andy, April being April, (laughs) Um, Jerry with the nuns. um, And, you know, and really almost anything from Bobby Newport uh andy's reenactments again i'm with you i feel like those had to largely be hey andy uh would you do like a reenactment of rambo go you know what i mean or you know chris uh you know they don't call him andy that confuses him they might yeah yeah, i think it does (laughs) but you know they're just again it's like the best of almost everything yeah i feel like in general this is not an additive score for me. It's a subtractive score. Like, I thought about it. Like, this is so good. Is this a 10? Mm-hmm. Why isn't it a 10? Mm-hmm. Is almost the way I did my score this mm-hmm. week. And, I, and there are basically two, three main reasons. Is Tom and Ann over yet? Like there's like a probably a quarter point detraction in there for me <laughs> just to continue that storyline. Like I want it gone so bad. And yet I was kind of glad that Amy found a way, if it was her or the rest of the writer's room, to at least finally make it a little more humanistic for Tom. Enough well,
1: said. And they and they stop this, you know, I'm going to break up with yes. you every
0: day. No, for reals no.
1: with yeah. an S yeah. like they did it. Agreed. Yeah.
0: We'll see if they stick to their guns. Yeah. Um, I feel like the B story while I enjoyed it and you said it, like you said, it didn't get a ton of screen time. It kind of was focused on the love triangle aspects a little more than I would have liked. And I would have liked to seen more on the spin. I agree. I, I think. Traeger did, his character did such a great job with that. And Rob Lowe portraying Chris Traeger. I could have enjoyed a few more of those moments, I think. Yep. Uh, more Donna, more Jerry, of course. And I think the bench them would have been given the glory it's due. Yeah. Right. So there's probably, I don't know, maybe a, another quarter point in that, um, you know. So for me, by the time I looked at everything, I said, I feel like without the director's cut, you know, the Amy Poehler cut, I feel like the standard edition episode was a solid freaking nine Mm. for me though i jumped it up to a 9.5 for the director's cut Mm. i saw a slight differential in the two for sure and uh not a quarter point but a whole half No, we don't
1: do those because we don't do those be trouble
0: yeah And, and, and the reason for me that it's not a 10 outside of those two small detractions were it was odd that there were a few things in the director's cut that i felt like were made it slightly bloated just very slightly mm. there were a few moments i felt like they could have just done without mm. the awkward thing about the necktie at the beginning and there's probably three or four of those types of moments they like they didn't add anything mm. they weren't all that funny and uh but there were so many that did that got in and i was glad they were there that if they'd left those out i don't know i might have given this with a little more jerry and a little more donna a 10 Mm. so it's the closest thing in season four like you said we've gotten the season three and a nine and a half's a good score right i mean i shouldn't have like you know mansplain that away right yeah i know
1: i completely agree
0: yeah this is one of the
1: few episodes that it was so good i actually had to ask myself
0: Mm. is this a a 10 10?" yeah
1: because there are others that i'm like you're good but no yeah i had to ask myself that question this time yeah And I also like what you said, Alan, there there are so many, so many little moments and i know that that we've made this comparison before and i've actually tried to actively not make it because i used to say this so often mm. but you know you think about the great show arrested development that is an example of a show where you glean more from it if you if you attend to it and you see all of these yeah. moments that you might not catch because there are so many and they're so cleverly yeah. done and so
0: subtle and this is the same way it's just very yeah. masterfully done that's a great point mark you know we we talked a lot about amy's writing on this episode i want to mention a quick Piece of the quote in the same article from Mike about Amy's directing effort, because mm. if you think about this episode, it's a little bit like if you look at uh, Harvest Fest yeah. and the mechanics of that, and the crane shot, and all this giant production and extras and the carnival and all that. Well, there's a lot of that in this episode, too, and he talks about that. He said, you know, they knew that at some point they were going to have to have this debate, right? They've been leading up to it. Jen Barkley has basically been talking about it. Amy Poehler or Leslie has threatened it, you know? Right. Um, and so we knew it was going to happen, so there's a lot of pressure on this episode. And he, and he's talking about Amy's directing here. He says, generally, a huge setup's not a great idea because you're risking a lot, Right. right. But, but Amy here, like, and this is her directorial debut, keep in mind. He said it was the biggest production they did all year. There were 400 extras, six cameras, crane shots, night shots, and stunts. Wow. I mean, Ron Swanson climbed a telephone pole. Yeah. I, I mean, you probably wouldn't even be able to do that these days. Um, so he said it was a massive production. And, and like everything she does, she pulled it off effortlessly. Yeah. So so for me, I just thought that was a nice way to end the the cap of, recap of the episode today. Um, what a great job she did directing as well.
1: Yeah. I completely agree. Well yeah. said.
0: All right, Mark. Well, nice job. We'll be back next week with a special spotlight edition. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Featuring set decorator Kim Wana. We got a chance to talk to her a few weeks ago, and we're going to finally get a chance to air that episode as a standalone.
1: Oh, awesome. That'll
0: be great. I think everyone will enjoy listening to it because it's the craft of, of set decoration and everything that the art apartment does really adds a lot to this show and it's easy to not see it and forget about it so i'm looking forward to sharing that the interview with everybody
1: i completely agree i thought that was really
0: good and then the week after that we'll be back with episode 21 bus tour Tour. which is the penultimate episode there you go there it is that's the sweet sauce (laughs) whatever (laughs) Uh, all right i'll give you that one all right all right well thanks for joining us everybody and we're looking forward till next time all right bye everyone bye everyone
2: Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us.
3: Hey, Bobby! I just wanted to say. I can't do this! It's too hard! I'm too scared! Please don't make me!
4: Someone's having a moment.